Today, we are going to begin a three-week series called Gospel Generosity. We're going to look at the power of the gospel and how much God has given us and how in return we are to respond with generosity. The verse under the graphic is freely you've received, freely give. It reminds us of what we saw in the missions conference. As the Father sent me, so send I you. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. The Bible says we forgive because we've been forgiven. Do you see the pattern? The pattern is that God pours into us. God gives to us. Freely you've received. Freely we give. You have been loved by God. We are to love others. You have been forgiven, poured into the forgiveness of Jesus. We then forgive others. Freely you've received. Freely give. That is sort of the overarching focus in these next three weeks, and we're calling it gospel generosity because we are to be generous, we are to give because of how much has been given to us. And we're going to see an example in Exodus chapter 35 of where God's people were radically responsive and radically generous. What's happening in Ezekiel 35 and 36, this is, by the way, on the heels of of, of, of not Ezekiel, Exodus 35, it's right on the heels, you remember, that the Israelites had rebelled against God. They had created the golden calf despite God delivering them from Egypt. They fell into sin. They fell into selfishness. And God is kind of restoring and rebuilding his people, uh, much like we need today. Amen? That, that, that we, have far, we have fallen far from God. We have drifted from God's moral standards, just like here where he gives them the Ten Commandments. And yet they, they quickly rebel, and he's seeking to restore them. And one of the ways that he's seeking to restore them is he wants there to be a physical place where he can meet with them. And so what we have here is the building of what is called the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Not the temple. That was going to be the permanent place of worship. This was more of a portable place of worship. I know this well from pastoring a church in Wisconsin in which we rented a high school for 11 years before we were able to build a permanent structure. We used to have a theme, you can worship with us if you can find us, because we went from one high school to another high school back to the first high school, and a couple times they wouldn't let us meet, and we had to meet in various places, and I'll never forget the Sunday it was 30 below zero temperature, not wind chill, temperature. You want to know why I moved back to the south? This is one of the reasons. And the truck that we had to take everything over to the high school, everything. Now, they had chairs for us, but we had to bring all the nursery equipment and everything else we needed in this truck, and the truck would not start. And so that was an interesting Sunday. And so I, I know what it's like to have permanent places or temporary places of worship and then permanent places of worship. So thankful that we can meet here today. So in this account of God's working in his people, we have the building of the tabernacle. And so there's kind of an aerial view and then you'll see some other pictures which gives kind of the, there was the covering which, which included all kinds of, of sea cows, ram skin, goat's hair, find uh, fine linen, and so, and then inside you had the, 
the Holy of Holies, and that included different materials. So it, it was not just this a super simple structure. There was complexity to it. And so here's the central truth that we're going to learn today. God supernaturally provides when we offer all to Him. God can supernaturally and loves to supernaturally provide when we give our all to Him. So let's stand, and I'm going to have this. Uh, it's going to be kind of a long scripture reading, so hang with me. I'm reading out of the ESV. Exodus 35, let's stand, beginning at verse 4. Exodus 35, beginning at verse 4. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skin and goat skin, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and stones for setting, for the ephod and for the breastpiece. And it goes on and on. Then it says in verse 13, the table with its poles and all its utensils and the bread of the presence. Notice that. The tabernacle is also called the place of meeting. Here you have the bread of the presence. God wanting a physical place to meet with his people. Go down to verse 20. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting. Say tent of meeting. God wants a meeting place for his people and for all its service, for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who are of a willing heart, brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and, ar and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. Say, to the Lord. And everyone who possessed blue or purple or scarlet yarns or fine linen of goat's hair, or tanned ram skins or goat skins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's contribution. And everyone who possessed acacia wood of any use of the work brought it. Every skillful woman spun with her hands, and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate peace, and spices and oil for the light, and for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, all the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a freewill offering to the Lord. Then in verse 30, it talks about those who were skilled, offered their skill. Then I want you to go to 36, verse 2. And Moses called Beelzebub and Oholiab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work of the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him freewill offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough. Say, much more than enough. 
for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. Now, we'll check this out. So Moses gave command, and word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. God, I pray that we would experience you in our finances and that we would each have a joyful, willing heart to give to the things of you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, first point today is that physical structures can be great tools for ministry. Again, this place was called the place or the tent of meeting. The tabernacle was the place in which God wanted his people to encounter him. He wanted them to have a place of worship, a place of ministry, a place of fellowship, a place in which his purposes could be, could be accomplished. And for us today, that would be physical properties like what we have here. Now, can you have a church? Can you do the work of God without physical structures? Absolutely. But it sure does make it easier and more convenient uh, when you have physical structures. We're so thankful here at Living Hope that we have the facilities we have. Because without these facilities, we would be limited in the degree to which we could do certain ministries, such as children's ministry, youth ministry, college ministry, things like CR, where a dinner is served because of the kitchen uh, that we have here, being able to host Sardis, being able to have Ironman groups and noblemen groups and step study groups, and to have literally a house of prayer that people can access 24-7. So like they had a place in which God used to meet with his people and to do kingdom work, we today are thankful that physical structures can be tools for ministry. Now, we understand that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Theologically, we understand that. The temple of God is now within every believer. We, we are temples of God. Yet God, like then today, uses physical structures to accomplish ministry. And so because of that, God was, was very specific in leading His people to each have a part in contributing to the building of the tabernacle. Point number two is that God wants all His people to be involved. He wants all of His people, each person in His kingdom, to be involved. We do not want to be guilty of the 2080 rule, which you hear often in churches. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. One of the things that moves me about this passage is that each person had a role. And each role was different. You had people who were gifted and skilled. You had people who were contributing money or gold. You had others that were contributing materials, the oil, the, the linen. The, the, it was just amazing how, how complex this thing was and yet how it came together because each person found their niche. Reminds me of 1 Corinthians 12. Each person has a role in the body. Some are a hand, some are an ear, some are an eye. But each person, you have a unique place in the body of Christ. And I love that phrase, no one left behind, that you see used in the military. Well, here are God's people, no one not involved. No pew warmers. Nobody on the sidelines. 
everybody was on the field participating. No spectators. Everyone lending a hand. It's that acronym teamwork. Together, everyone accomplishing mission. T-E-A-M. Together, everyone accomplishing mission. We see that here. Total participation. Men, women, all shapes, sizes, all skill sets. But each person said, I can do this. I can do that. I may not be her. I may not be him, but I can do this part. They've done a study of Canadian geese that when they fly in a V formation, they fly 71% more efficient. Together, they're more effective. Same with us in the body of Christ. It's a beautiful picture in Exodus 35 and 36 of what 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says. As each has received a gift, each of you have received a gift. Each of you have unique abilities. Each of you has a unique personality. And it says, as we've each received a gift, what are we to do with it? Sit on it? Study it and never use it? No. <laughs> use it in serving one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God graces Stephanie different than you. God graces Patty different than you. God graces David different than you. But he graces you different than anyone else. You have his special grace upon your life. And we see that in this picture here. Number three, God wants to direct his people in generosity. So one of the things that, that stands out to me in this passage is chapter 35, verse 21. I want you to look carefully at chapter 35, verse 21. It says, they came, everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him. Now, the Hebrew word that is translated stirred him literally means to lift something up. And the Hebrew word that is translated whose spirit moved him is the same Hebrew word used for the volunteering to be in an army. In other words, you're not drafted, you volunteer. It's like we saw in this country after 9-11, where there was a huge number of people who volunteered to serve because of what had happened to our nation on that day. And in the same way, what this is saying is it's not saying, listen, it's not saying that we obey only when we feel like it, or only when I feel the Spirit move, then I'll be sexually pure. No, we are to obey regardless of how we feel. However, it does point to the fact that God desires to move in us in such a way that it moves out of us. This is a great Old Testament representation of what we know in the New Testament as the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, to move you. The Bible says in Philippians 2 and 12 that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. So what the Holy Spirit does is He moves us, He inspires us, He empowers us. That doesn't mean, again, that we only obey when we feel like it, but it does point to the fact that God desires that our outward actions be moved by His Spirit internally, that we are transformed from one degree of glory to another by His Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who comes inside and empowers you, leads you, transforms you, and, and directs you to do the will of God. And we see that here. They didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit like we do. And yet it says, actually, there's 10 references in these two chapters to either being willing 
or being moved from within. It even uses the phrase free will offering. In other words, they were, God was directing his people to be generous and to participate. Moses wasn't up here saying, oh, if you, if you give this amount of gold, there's going to be a special place for you in heaven. He wasn't saying, oh, and if, if you bring this amount and we're going we're gonna to have a campaign and we're going to see who can give the most and the one who gives the most is going to have his name outside the Holy of Holies, we're going to dedicate it in honor. No, 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 no. He just, uh, he just sh- gave them the vision, called them to a kingdom cause, and the Spirit of God moved the people of God. Isn't that what we desire today? Don't we want to see God move by the power of His Holy Spirit? And I believe that a key part of this internal motivation that we see was that they saw their gifts as being unto the Lord. In 35.5, it says, to the Lord. In 35.21, 35.22, 35.24, it either says, to the Lord or the Lord's contribution. There's an emphasis here on the fact that when they were bringing the materials or they were bringing the gold or they were offering their skill set, it was to the Lord. I love that. And I love it when people, it's not give to Living Hope, it's not give to Campus Crusade, it's not give to InterVarsity ultimately or some other ministry that you may give to, it's give to the Lord. I want to bring my full tithe to the Lord. I want to bring my offering to the Lord. I want to do it as unto the Lord because He has poured so much into us that we pour out to others. And it's ultimately a gift unto Him. Amen? So God wants to direct His people in this thing called generosity. Number four, God regards every contribution as significant. When I read these chapters, I'm I'm moved by how it mentions the people contributing in so many different ways. I wish I'd have done a slide of this, but I see three categories of giving here. Money, supplies, and skill. First of all, money. Gold, silver, bronze. It literally says they gave earrings and rings. By the way, do you know where those came from? How did the Israelites who were slaves in Egypt have these things? That's right. They got them from the Egyptians. God used an ungodly nation, the Egyptians, to give a lot of this stuff to the Israelites. I think three times in the Old Testament there's a verse that says something to the effect, I need to look this up for next week, that... uh, the, the, the wealth of the unrighteous is stored up for the righteous. So you can start praying that into your life this week. <laughs> God, I just pray that that wealth that's, that's been stored up for that unrighteous person I know or my ungodly neighbor or whatever, would you just have them handed over to me? <laughs> hey, it could happen. And if he did, what are we to do with it? Are we to drink it or are we to pour it out? There's the question. So money was one of the categories. Second, supplies, physical supplies. This is where it mentions yarn, linen, animal hair, wood, oil, spices, crazy. All the different physical 
supplies that, that the people of God had, and they gave it for the building of the tabernacle. And then the third category was skills. This is where it talks about some having skills in construction, uh, the women in weaving and linens and, and putting those. Let's go back. Can we go back to the picture where it shows the, the coverings, the beautiful coverings over? Yeah. And you'll see here it mentions the, the materials of the sea cows, ram skin, goat's hair, fine linen. And so they were giving materials or supplies, and then they had a skill set. Some had skills in construction, weaving these garments, others in putting up the poles. And so this just reminded me that at Living Hope, this would be like our Sunday offering, people that give throughout the week. This would also be people selling things and maybe saying, I want to I sell something that's been in my garage or that's been under my shed that really has no use of me now. I want to sell that and give that for the kingdom. It would be those who help on our property. Jeff would say amen to this, right? People that would, and, and we have this happening, but it could be so much more. I see people sometimes throughout the week helping clean the bathrooms, trimming the shrubs. Jimmy came and did some, some pressure washing recently. That was so cool. And you're like, this is the most fun I've had in a long time. And it was just because of that one Sunday when we had the little flyer help out. So you've come a couple times and helped. People that have helped with the remodel of the duplex, Nan with all the stuff you've done in various rooms here, uh, Catherine, you've come and put the little things in the back of the chair. So you don't realize these things that happen during the week, all those things that go in the back of the chairs. You know, Somebody comes and, and just says, hey, I've got an hour here, an hour there, and I just want to come and be a part of serving God in this way or cleaning the house of prayer or tidying up something, or a skill set that you may have. Some, some have helped with plumbing. Some have helped clean gutters. or empty, just There's so many ways that a person can participate in kingdom service. We think, obviously, of leading a small group or teaching a Wednesday class, and that's awesome, too. But I love the fact that, that the people of God said, hey, I've got this ability or this window of time or this piece of material that I could use to contribute to the kingdom of God. And that's what it's all about. It's not about building Living Hope's kingdom. It's not about just having a facility that looks great. We want to be good stewards, but we're not about just building the Taj Mahal here. We want it to be simply be good stewards that these facilities for the glory of God can serve the Lord and advance His kingdom and make disciples. Amen? All right, so I want you to take out now your brochure. Because one of the reasons we're doing this series is we have a vision. As a leadership here, the elders and I, we, we have a vision that by the year 2027, Living Hope would be debt-free. Wouldn't that be awesome? Now, I want to remind you that are new. We're only 10 years old. We started off assuming a $2 million purchase price on this place. And as of today, that mortgage is one point what? Help me out, Kathy. Where are you? 1.18, that's how much God has almost cut in half in 10 years, you guys. That is unreal. That is to the glory of God giving praise. In 10 years, we've brought it down almost, a, almost in half. On top of that, we've given over a half a million dollars to ministries outside of Living Hope because of our tithing. That's God. 
You see, one of the things, some pastors don't like to talk about money. I love talking about money, and here's why. Because it's a great opportunity to experience God in a tangible way. I love that. And I love the Swain's testimony. That just fires me up hearing God shows himself faithful in tangible ways. And so our vision, first of all, I want you to just, on your own, read about our history. What God has done in the 10 years, not only in the mortgage of the property and how God has provided every payment, but the remodeling we've been able to do and the improvements we've been able to make on almost every inch of this place. In addition to paying the, 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 the price that we needed to pay every month to meet our, our payments, in addition to that, we've made additional payments on the principal itself when the general fund has gotten to a place where we could do that. But on top of that, we've been able to almost improve every square inch of this property. Right, Nan? There's, I think the only thing that we haven't improved, yeah, you're pointing, is the men's bathroom. So we'll take the hit, guys. You know, we're here to sacrifice for you women. But it does have dead animals in there, and we kind of like that. Uh, but that's the one area. That's almost the only room on this entire property that has not had some degree of improvement. So our current mortgage is $1.1 million. We were able to secure a rate in 2000. This is the middle column here. In July, as of this month, we have an, uh, uh, this is going to make some of you that are trying to buy a home really jealous. But just give praise to God that God allowed your church to get a 3.75 interest rate, which is incredible. But that is only good till February 2027. And we recently... Uh, no, had a conversation with our bank. If we had to refinance today, it would probably be around 8% or more. So our vision in light of that is to pay it all off before February 2027. So that's our vision, and we're challenging every person in the church to ask God what their part may be. If you go to the back page, our part, huge part is prayer. We want to go before the Lord. So when you have small groups, when you have various prayer times, would you please make, as a family, would you please make this an item that you regularly bring before the Lord and say, God, we're calling out to you to supernaturally provide in a way that will give you honor. You may be led to give toward the principal. On top of what you're, in addition to what you're giving now, you may say, hey, I'm going to just give an additional amount. I want that to go right to the principal. You may want to give up something and devote that to God. Uh, so, sometimes we don't realize how much we spend on things that, that we just take for granted. If I sacrificed this and gave that, look what it could be. You know, a $5 latte per week would end up being $1,000 by February 2027. And then sell something of value. In Acts chapter 2, I think this Exodus 35 is an example of what we see in Acts 2. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And so we want you to be spirit-led. That's the cool thing. Is, is it's going to be fun to see what God leads each of us to do. But that's the vision. Number five, what happened in Exodus? And it was so radical. And I, and I, just, I just say to you as we, as we wrap this up in points five and six, could we see this today? I'm crazy enough to believe we could. Point five is that God can provide more than enough through his people. In, in, in Exodus 36, 3 to 7, that's the part where he says, look, we have more than enough. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a pastor telling a church today, 
hey guys, quit giving. We've more than paid off what we owe on the building. Stop giving to Living Hope debt-free. Quit. We have more than enough. That's exactly what he did. He had to tell them to stop giving. Have you ever seen that before? Do you believe that could happen today? I do. I believe God is strong enough, big enough, mighty enough to move his people here to where this could happen, and we literally have to say, stop giving. How awesome would that be? So I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 because these are passages that show us in the New Testament a little of what we see in the Old Testament. Acts chapter 2, and I just read one of the verses, but I want to read, uh, actually, actually just go to Acts 4, Acts 4, because we read the Acts 2. They sold possessions. They gave to anyone as he had need. Then in Acts 4, we see almost the same thing. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. With great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as he had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Radical generosity inspired by the power of the Holy Spirit and the glorious gospel of Jesus. The same Jesus who did it in Exodus, the same God who did it in Acts, I believe can do it today through us, his people. Finally, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story, point six, God blesses our obedience with his manifest presence. So what ended up happening after the tabernacle was built? Go back to Exodus Chapter 40, and then we'll take a few questions. Exodus chapter 40. So the rest of the chapters, the rest of 36, 37, 38, 39, is all, you can read it. It's all of what they did, the work they did. So they had all the supplies, they had the skilled people, they had the money they needed, now they get to work, they build the tabernacle for the glory of God, and what happens? This is my longing for living hope, that we would see this more and more. Chapter 40, verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. The glory of God filled the tabernacle. God's presence in a mighty, powerful way came upon that physical place. And his people were touched. And that's the heart of all of this. That's the heart of this building. That's the heart of the house of prayer. That's the heart of the generations building. That's the heart of our chapel. That God's presence would be here among us. That we would meet with him. That we would seek his face. That we would be discipled. That we would grow in maturity. That we would have true, genuine fellowship. That signs, wonders, and miracles would take place. Our heart is not just that this physical place look good. Our heart is that these physical buildings would be a host for the presence and the power of Almighty God. So here's what we've learned today, and we'll take some questions. 
We've seen today that physical structures can be great tools for ministry. We've seen that God wants His people, all His people, to be involved. He wants to direct His people in generosity. No arm twisting, no manipulation, no works of the flesh. The Spirit of God moving in each of us to do what He leads us to do. God regards every contribution as significant. The gold was not more important than the linen. The skills were not more important than the, than the onyx stones. Every part was equally significant. Five, God can provide more than enough when His people obey Him. And He wants to ultimately bless our obedience with His manifest presence. Amen? All right. So this is going to be our focus for this Sunday and the next two. And look at uh, a, a, a similar passage next week, and I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the, the generosity of the Corinthians. But um, let me just take a few questions before we wrap it up. So you can raise your hand, and we'll bring a mic to you, or you can text it in. Tell you what, if uh, David, how about you and Darren? Again, try to keep it on topic. Not about the pre-tribulation rapture or something like that today. Let's keep it on topic. Y'all were supposed to laugh at that. I missed that one. <laughs> Got one right here for you. All right. Just taking it to your wife. Good. Oh, she took it right out of your hand. Yes. Is this on? What if you have a talent that you're not sure would help the church necessarily? And also... Offer it and we'll let you know. Okay. Like, I can cut hair. What? I can cut hair. Oh, So I've yeah. gone, like, and helped freshmen and given those guys um, free haircuts. But Great example. If, we have, if we have talents, like, who should we tell? Who's going to be, like, in charge of organizing all that? So, so bring the whatever you have, I would say you bring it to any staff member you know. And... Uh, and we'll prayerfully help you sort that out. So like Shannon? Because I think that what you said, cutting hair for the fresh wind guys, great example okay. of something that, because so many people often think limited. They think only if it's super spiritual. You know, we only think about things that happen on this stage, for example. But I love your example because there's, a, there's something that can be offered in a way that maybe you hadn't thought about before. Or there could be something that could be done for another. We, we may know of another ministry. How cool. How cool if we sent somebody from our body to help another ministry because maybe they had something that could use that more than we did. So, yeah, we're all a part of the kingdom of God. It's about building God's kingdom, not living hopes. I don't know if this is um, acceptable because it's not a question, but I just wanted to say that Chris and I um, have been in a church, a very large church, that handled um, a building campaign very differently with a very different attitude, and this is just refreshing, and it, it's a blessing, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the transparency. I appreciate that it's all about God's glory and discipleship and it's not about anything being fancy, but being functional and, like you said, just good stewards yeah. of what we've been given. And it's just, um, 
We've only been here a few months. Of course, we've known David a really long time, and this isn't surprising at all. Um, but it's just, a, uh, I'm just very grateful. And I just Thank wanted you. to share that with everybody because if you haven't been in a church that has this attitude um, about buildings and the material parts of a church, it's very refreshing. So thank you. Yeah, amen. Thank you for that. You know, so what we're trying to do here is just is lay the biblical principles. You know, you take principles that are in Scripture, and obviously we're not building a tabernacle. Um, so you take principles and you apply those to your current situation, and that goes for so many things in Scripture. And so that's that's simply what I'm trying to do today in this passage is take these principles that we can pull out of their experience and then say, how might this apply to our setting and to our experience? Somebody texted in, who would I talk to about getting involved? Similar to your question. I would just say, go to any staff member you know, welcome to email me, and, and I'll send you to another staff member if I feel like they could better handle that. You know, in Wisconsin, when we, uh, by the way, I had a great chance, Sherry, right? Sherry, this is cool. You, I, I've already done it, so I, I can't ask your permission. But I met Sherry. Raise your hand, Sherry. Sherry it, lives in Minnesota, and she flies down to see her son, who's in college here occasionally, and she's come to us because we're a lot like her church. And I asked her, what's, what's your church in Minnesota? And it's an evangelical free church, which is the denomination that I've pastored in Wisconsin for 18 years. And so just bringing back a ton of memories from my experience in, 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 in La Crosse, Wisconsin. But after we rented the high school for 11 years, we finally did uh, have the money to, build 20 acre, to buy 20 acres, and then we built, a $5 million, we built a $5 million building on that property, which has now been actually improved upon, expanded, and it's all paid off. Uh, but we literally saw God move in such phenomenal ways during that time. We had... We had uh, men sell old cars and give that to, the, to our buying the land. We had women that went in their jewelry box and said, you know, I'm not using this ring anymore, and I'm going to sell that and give that. I mean, it was just, but it was, it, was, it was the spirit moving. It wasn't like anybody said, you should do this. Nobody said, you know, you're more spiritual if you do this. It was the spirit of God. Darren, over here. It was the spirit of God that prompted that. And that's our heart. That's our heart. As we enter this kind of three-year journey, where over the next three years, we're, we're trusting God, we're praying, we're believing God to, 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 that we be debt-free by February 2027. We want it to be spirit-led. And we want to just, we want to hear testimonies. Uh, I love the testimonies like we had today. Uh, it moves me to be more generous when I hear those kind of stories. Ariel. Hey, um, I just wanted to uh, remind about um, Celebrate Recovery on Friday nights. Even if you don't know what, you know, skill or you might have to offer, there's, there's always help in the kitchen. There's help clean up, especially afterwards. Um, you know, even if you can't come in until, like, later um, or once a month or something, um, the help is always appreciated Amen. at Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, and that's Friday. a great example of another ministry that there's so many little pieces that, that you don't realize, do you? Until you get involved, you went, wow, we need this, and then we could have help here and here and here. And uh, the bottom line is, is every person 
is led by the Holy Spirit, is walking in the Spirit, and is willing to offer themselves, it's amazing what can happen for the glory of God. All right, well, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for today, for these principles. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the powerful stories that we have in Scripture and today. Thank you, God, that you're, you're raising things up today to be living examples of what we see in your word. And so, Father, we, we join together right now. Let's join our hearts together. God, we join our hearts together. We ask you, we come as a collective body of believers, and we pray that you would provide what is needed for this property to be paid off. Every, every need, we're trusting you, Lord. We're saying, God, release from heaven blessings and provision that would give you great glory. And uh, we thank you for what you have done. We don't want to forget, Lord, what you have done. You've been so good. You've been so faithful. And God, I thank you for the incredible faithfulness and generosity of many in this room today. I pray your blessings on them. I pray that you will enable your people to continue to, to be generous and that we would do it as unto you. We're giving to you, God. Saying thank you, Jesus. Just take a minute right now and maybe just in a fresh way in your own heart, just tell God that it's all His. Maybe even go through your life, go through your possessions, go through your place of dwelling and just picture yourself literally holding them to the Lord. Just say, God, thank you for what you've entrusted to me, and I hold it now with an open hand. I invite you to direct me that I would be a good steward of all that you've entrusted to me. To whom much is given, much is required. He who is faithful in a little, I will Make him faithful in much. Encourage couples to maybe have some conversations today. Be sure you're on the same page. Really lay out your finances, your possessions, and just together surrender them to God. Watch what he'll do. Let's stand together and the prayer team would take your spots. If you have a prayer need, feel free to go to one of those on the prayer team.